second James Bond thriller could be more exciting than the first. Another Bulgarian they use as a killer. Take a look. You should remember him. This man kills for pleasure. James Bond, that notorious, amazing Dr. No secret agent is back. And half the world is out to kill him. As he fits his murderous talents against the Iron Curtain and its velvet women. Well, I'll tell you something, Coltoni. You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size. For me, that is. From Russia with love comes Tatiana, fate for the trap. From the four corners of the world come the men and women who play a deadly, dangerous game of espionage. Do not be alarmed, my friend. We will make you as comfortable as possible. Ali Karim Bey, head of Station T, Turkey. Krasno Gransky, codename Grant, chief executioner of Spectre. My orders are to kill you and deliver the lector. Oh, I do, it's my business. M of British Secret Service. The woman called Rosa Kled playing a double, double cross. Kled. Romano, the door. Romano! with love. They dance for him. They yearn for him. They die for him. From Zagreb to Sofia, from Venice to Istanbul, from Paris to London, Agent 007 cuts an inimitable path through the palaces and boudoirs of espionage. James, you're hurting me! Well, you worse than that if you don't tell me. I'm doing this under orders I know. What are they? Even if you kill me, I can say nothing. Better than ever for another download podcast show, the 007 edition. I am joined by my co-host, JT Curtis. Hello, all. Chris Saunders. Greetings. Anyway, um, we, are, we are doing an oldie but goodie. Um, a, a, a kind of like, to me, like if you were going to tell anybody who's never seen James Bond, to watch James Bond, this would be the one I would introduce them to because it was the most James Bondish 
that I could possibly think of from Russia with Love, um, the uh, 1963 film uh, starring, obviously, Sean Connery, uh, directed by Terrence Young and featuring the song from Russia with Love, story by Ian Fleming with a budget surprisingly low, two million. Double that of Dr. No, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> with a box office of 79 million um and so let's have it added fellas who who wants to jump jump the jump in i mean i can throw some some more stats in there for the uh the ratings from imdb 7.4 yep. out of 10 rotten mm. tomatoes critics 95 percent audience 84 percent mm. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned the box office. Uh, it says this movie, uh, IMDb trivia, movie broke uh, box office records and was responsible, they say it's responsible for launching uh, Sean Connery as a major star rather than Dr. No. I always thought um, Goldfinger was the one that really shot mm. off the, the, the series. I think in America, Goldfinger was the one. Mm. Um, yeah, probably. Makes sense. And I love that at the end of this movie, like they don't do this, like really, I think Marvel kind of brought it back with at the end, they kind of stay tuned. There's more, you know, kind of those, those little tidbits at the end of the movie, which, um, you know, was always nice to be able to, before you walked out the theater and go, Oh, this is not going to be the only one. Cool. Well, it's almost kind of like, uh, taking you back to like those like you know 30 serials like is this the end of uh you know yeah. cliffhangers nothing but cliffhangers well and it's interesting because the uh the book really leaves you on a cliffhanger much more than the yeah film yeah really and um, that was another thing um this is really i mean there's a lot of differences but there's more there's more similarities between this book and, and the film so i think they i thought they stayed true um for the most part this might actually be like uh aside from majesty this might actually be the most faithful adaptation they ever did of one of fleming stories mm. I'll, I'll take your word for because i'm reading these as we go along to uh, refresh my memory but um i mean one thing i thought <laughs> and with the book which i thought was pretty absurd they do a he fleming takes a lot of time to set the stage in the book right you don't you you don't hear about bond until chapter four hear about him. that's other people talking about him Right, and most of it's about the uh the other assassin the smarsh but specter assassin right right and then you don't see Bond until chapter 11. Mm. It felt like that. It felt like that in the movie too, because it felt like they almost rushed you through the introduction of the of the of this dude in, in a little bit. You know, like 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 there was supposed to be like the first half was going to be him, and then the mm. second half of the film would be Bond, and then that last you know three quarters of the film would be kind of like the action between the two, you know? Which is funny because um, then in the book, after like chapter 11, you don't hear about, I think they call him Donald Grant in the movie, Donovan Grant in the book. You don't hear about him until like chapter 25 or something. Yeah. So he doesn't come back. All of a sudden there's this huge gap. So what they did in the film was like, they, 
they peppered him in a little bit more to make it more consistent. Mm. Um, so I, it was, yeah, it was kind of weird. Uh, I guess the book focuses more on the relationship and the mistrust between Bond and uh, Tatiana. Right. right. And, and before we skip over um, the Red Grant, uh, the character who um, is the nemesis, I guess, throughout the film, uh, played by Robert Archibald Shaw, who played Doyle Lonigan in The Sting and Shark Hunter Quinn. What? Uh, what? What are you playing this thing? Uh, Lonigan, Don, uh, Doyle Lonigan. Who was? I haven't watched that movie in a while, actually. But uh, he was like the main mobsters. Oh, okay. So, oh, now I gotta watch it again. Damn. Yeah, yeah. But I, I read that thing about Jaws. <laughs> it was because of this film, I think, that yep. he was uh, because uh, Spielberg is a big Bond fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Spielberg at, at one point wanted to make a Bond film. That's actually where Indiana Jones came from. Dude. Dude, watching this movie, I was like, "Wow, they, oh, okay." Like, like scenery and certain scenes. You know, the the rats, the yeah. rat scene in this movie, right? Yeah, in yeah. A, right in a, um, the Last Crusade. Yeah, they have the whole rats thing. Oh my god. Okay, well, yeah, that clears all of that up for me. Got it. Well, and then there's also um, from Usher with Love. You can see a lot of scenes that pay a lot of homage to Hitchcock's North by Northwest. Yeah, North by North. I was going to say, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that whole, the whole helicopter there. scene in the field. Yeah. Which was really kind of cool. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun one. I mean, but even there, oh, well, I'm sure maybe we should maybe try and stay chronological, but like <laughs> that scene just falls in between. There's just so many action things happening yeah. back to back to back. Yeah. Uh, but we can, it, yeah. That, that, this is, I, I can see why this is like, a very popular movie in the in the series. Well, yeah. you know, so let's get to, like so the start of this movie is I mean this whole movie is about an obvious plot that he knows about kind of doesn't know how it's going to go. Yeah, but and and just kind of goes along to see if he can get this lectern whatever the hell that is. It was a typewriter. Just say it was a typewriter, dude. And um and uh, this is like the first we see of this mysterious individual who obviously comes to be parodied by Mike Myers, <laughs> um, very much so. In, I mean, a lot of these, like number three, and this is parodied in um, <laughs> Austin Powers. And, and that scene, uh, the, I don't know why it made me think. Well, I know why it made me think of this. The scene in the chess, the chess tournament. I was just like, hmm, is this Queen's Gambit? No. <laughs> well, yo, the funny thing is, I just I read that that was based on a, a real chess match. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and, and like in the in the in the book, you know, I mean, obviously the book expands on all every single scene, but like, I could have used a little more of that scene to like. Kind yep. of set the the because because in the book they talk about how this guy is strategic and he's like this master planner, right? And you kind of get that that he he plays chess and he just won this match that he is a stress, you know. But yeah. I don't know. I, I could have used more of it, just a little, just a little bit more. Do either of you play chess? Because I was I wanted this, like. Because I, I I wanted to look at the board and see if those were real moves, you know what I mean? Like, did they actually? Because it was just so arrogant of him to, oh, you know, I guess the guess way he, the, also the way he moves it, <laughs> he's yeah, so yeah. lazily 
Yeah. One square over. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, the queen can do that. The queen can move any direction. Right. And yeah. he just moved her one over. I don't. I don't know if that's checkmate. I don't yeah. know if that was what that was, but um, it was kind of baller, right? I mean, it kind of made you like. Well, I was just. I was just sitting here playing around for a while. Now I gotta go, so let me just take care of this game. Yeah. I was I was I was gonna I was gonna draw this out for another five moves. But yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I think they did a great job with the the sinister is there like a sinistery? But the mm-hmm. sinister the, getting um that sinister feeling out of all the bad guys yeah. in this film. Yeah. Then uh this is also the first appearance of Blofeld. Yep. <laughs> Well, um, just his body. <laughs> his hands, just his hands and the cat. And, and his cat. Yeah. Um, and Q. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, Bluff you know, was uh, kind of, I don't know, like that whole thing. I mean, it, it, I, I don't know, like what. This this is kind of why I said that to me, this movie is the most bondish Bond movie. That like it kind of like set the 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 table for what was going to come in the future with some of the bad guys. Kind of like it was almost like watching I don't know like first day of school at Bond Academy and this is the bad dude you're going to have to deal with, you know, and uh, Yo, cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, first of all, you have three kind of major bad guys. Right. I'm not going to count um, the, the chess guy, but three major bad guys. I mean, Blofeld, the leader, and then you have two like deadly motherfuckers. Right. And then you have the introduction of Q and the gadgets, which yep. you didn't really, you didn't have in the first one. You had like a guy counter on the first one. Right. And then like, dude, like the women, mm. I think, was it, was it Tatiana? Or what her real name is? Ronimov. Yeah. Anyway, that actress. And then the two fighting gypsy girls, like all like pageant contestants and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they really brought she that was, into the She's played by uh, Daniela Bianchi. Yeah, an Italian. But she, she, she pulled off the Russian look. Yeah. She looked Russian to me. Yeah. And it de- definitely reminds me of like, um, well, Romanova, Natalia Romanova, whatever, um, from Goldeneye. Like they, mm. they, they kind of paid homage to, to her with that middle name. Yeah. Um, and then and there's another Bond film where they have a very Russian. Oh, oh, the girl from uh, not on License to Kill, uh, not not on the top. What was the Tim Timothy Dalton one we've already done? Oh, tomorrow you're living daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and her. I feel like <laughs> I see a lot of similarities between all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, she was. Uh, actually, I liked her. I liked her a lot in the movie. In this, she. Yeah. You know, she was. She had a nice screen presence for her, and um, mm-hmm. she totally. I told. She totally sold me on the fact that she was kind of like in it. But didn't know why she was in it, but she was in it, you know. So, yeah, I mean, well, so that's like this main difference between the book and the movie, which is the plot in the book is actually to embarrass 
the Secret Service, the British Secret Service, and like kill Bond. Right. Where here, that's like the secondary motive. Like right. the the um the machine is the is the secondary in the book, whereas it's the primary here. So they had to move things around. Of course, they were also trying to move away from Smirsch, the Russian. Uh, Soviet, right. uh, whatever to now specter this independent organization. So um, it made it a little more complex, but I think they they executed it really well. Mm. Yeah, I think they did a lot of reshoots for this. Like if you actually watch uh, the scenes where they're talking with Blofeld, anytime um, uh, not Frau Forbissena is uh, talking, um, like her <laughs> image is basically superimposed over the uh, like via black screen over what they had already shot. Right. You know, and like if you go to a shot of her when she's not uh, talking, like she's further away from the camera. So it was. Uh, I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it was, it was interesting what? that I, I think they had to do like a rewrite for some dialogue because of the whole uh, Spectre thing. Yeah, well, they, they actually showed it in the, uh, the documentary inside from What You Would Love where they actually switch their their lines it's not even like rewriting i mean they did rewrites but it was just like something that blofeld was supposed to say right frau farbissena whatever name <laughs> says it instead right they switched it so yeah it's um rosa Kleb. i'm sorry i Kleb. I... <laughs> there you go um yeah man i mean every time i watch one of these documentaries i'm just like has bond does the bond franchise ever had an easy time making a movie <laughs> i feel like no <laughs> It's like it's like the making of is is the what the fuck in, right, I know. in these films, and uh, I, I really do also uh, Lati Lenya. That's uh, her name who plays Rosa Kleb. She's like right. like scary good in the film. She was good. And like you know they they make this a little more pronounced in the book, but when she's just kind of like uh, you know flirting with. Romanova. Uh, with <laughs> yeah, with Tatiana. Yeah. Uh, and uh dude i was reading the book i was like damn this is a ahead of its time like she's she's like straight up yeah like in, in the movie she just kind of touches her hand romanova looks down and like pull, she pulls her hand away in the book cleb goes to the back room changes into the lingerie and like comes out like how do you like my outfit and like romanova like runs out of the room <laughs> Good gravy. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, man. I am going to change into something more comfortable. I will let you know when you can come in. Come! <laughs> Thank you for turning away from the mic, dude. <laughs> oh, I had to. <laughs> Is your wife okay? <laughs> she, oh, she's, she's used to this by now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's almost impossible to do a Frau Farbissena uh, impression without yelling at some point. Mm-hmm. And and you know the homage to her, you know, was because she was so good in this film. She was she was. I mean, she she's like she's a she's a villain you remember, right? Oh yeah. It, it's like that. Uh, so that you know, when they're um, at the, toward the end of the movie, when you know Blofeld is kind of interrogating the two of them, uh, and he's like, "You know what we do for mm. failure," and she's like, "Whew!" <laughs> she dabs her face. Yeah. I mean, like, yes, yeah, you know, 
there's clearly like Bond villains that you remember. Like, I mean, Doctor No, I would say, is up there for me. Yeah. Cleb is there. Like yeah. Baron Samdi, uh, Odd Job, Odd Job, Trevelyan is a good one. But then there's some like you know Christopher. What's his, uh, what's his name? Christopher. Sorry, Christopher Lee. No, 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 no. Um, oh, Christopher Walken. Well, yeah, like I, I, I love him as a bad guy, but I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't say his 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 character is memorable. So, well, you know who uh, Jaws, Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. Well, you know who my least favorite villain is, and from what movie he comes from. I think you guys prop would probably know by now. Shit. Um. I, yeah, I should know this. Which movie do you fucking hate? I'll tell it. Boy, I, I do. I, I should know, but I feel such solitude being uh, here by myself. Yep, that's what we do. We build solitudes. <laughs> Quantum of solace. I was trying uh, to figure out what you were getting at there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That 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 villain is boring. Extremely boring. Who's who's the actor? That's um. Uh, whose name? <laughs> well, it's not. What's his name? Who I like? Uh, Chris. Uh, the German dude. German? Is he German? Oh, uh, Mads from. Uh... No, 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 no. He's like Danish or something. Anyway, I digress. So, anyway, so what I did like about this is that they definitely cut short um, Grant's. Like, he's not the only person in the first four to five cha- <laughs> chapters of this movie. So mm. they cut him down, but like, they present him right up front. It's straightforward. We know. He's the guy. This is what he's what he's trying to do, like what he's training to do. All right, and they get straight to the point, and then we get into the opening credits. Yep. Not one of my favorite Bond songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. I mean, also, also, they also decided to go with the instrumental, which might have hurt it as well. Yeah. And then they play the actual song with the lyrics later on in the film. Yeah, I was going to say, they put it at the end. I'm like, what? Yeah. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, not my favorite. It doesn't, it doesn't by, get me super excited. to By uh, not quite Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah, what's this guy's name? Matt something? Um, boom, boom, boom. Exactly, Matt something. <laughs> exactly, Matt some. Written by oh, uh, starring Frau Forbissino. That's right, Frau Forbissino <laughs> is the, Matt Monroe. Have we ever heard of this dude? Nope. <sighs> Sorry, Matt. So, um, but what I do like is when it's just played in the background. Like I love it as like theme music in the background. Look, yeah, that that's fine. So I I think they missed. I mean, and 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 even here, right? The first movie didn't really have that big Bond song. So I think they were still trying to. They're still discovering that and it's trying to figure it out. Yeah, they figure it out by the next film. But he does <laughs> have that great note at the very end. Where he goes from Russia with love, <laughs> and it's still playing on the next movie. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, um, but def- definitely some serious crooner. <laughs> Yeah, well, Frank Sinatra was big at the time, so they're like, "Well, we can't get Frank Sinatra. Let's get this other guy." (laughs) It's it's, yeah. Anyway, although that would have been dope if they could have got him. But uh, so yeah, they did get um. Oh my god, why am I blanking on? They did get Tom Jones a couple of movies later, Mm -hmm. which 
is up there for me. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, yeah, so what else? Um, it follows the book very closely, except, um, as I mentioned, the four chapters about Grant's, the 11 chapters without Bond. Mm, yeah. Um, it, I, I, it does suck that the films weren't done chronologically into the books because the book the book references Casino Royale, it references Live and Let Die, Diamonds Are Forever. Wow. Right. Um, but this one does reference Dr. No, so they do keep some kind of consistency in there, which is cool. Well, what's interesting is that um, when I read, uh, I remember reading Dr. No, and because Dr. No takes place in the book chronologically, it, chron- I can't speak. Uh, Dr. No takes place after From Russia With Love. For, for those of you who don't know, uh, spoiler alert if you want to uh, read the book. Um, Bond basically dies at the end of the book. Um, I think when Fleming was writing it, I think he was thinking this might be the last one he's going to write. But there was more demand for it. So he kind of left it sort of open-ended. Um, and then in the beginning of Dr. No, he says, you know, you spent so much time uh, – in the hospital and stuff and that's actually where the whole uh there you go Uh. that's actually where the whole thing about you need a new gun because the old gun jammed on you because they talk about that in dr no and that's where it actually happened so it's it's interesting that you know that's uh they made Doctor No after From Rush with Love, and then From Rush with Love, they did after Doctor No in the movie <laughs> chronology. Do we know yeah. why? Was there any specific reason they didn't go as chrono- chronological order? I think because Doctor No takes place in one setting, which is Jamaica, and they were like, okay, well, that'll work for a budget. We don't have to go to Istanbul and then go to Venice and then go, you right. know, over here, you know. Right. You know, I was thinking while I was watching this movie is the shame of the fact that if they could have, if they had the same budgets we have right now to do this film, just some of the locales that they used for the film instead of having to shoot the green screens for some of the stuff would have been fantastic. Would have been magnificent. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at like the Jason Bourne films now, right? Like they go yeah. all over the place. And yeah. Spare no expense. But I mean, the Bond films now do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do the same thing. But, but it's yeah. Sean, man, it's Sean. Just- yeah, man. Well, you know, R.I.P. I'm going to say it every time we talk about Sean Connery, <laughs> Sir Sean oh, Connery. Connery's at the top of his game, and this might actually, as much as I love Goldfinger, this might be his best, uh, his best performance. He says himself, "This is his favorite film. This was his favorite one." Oh yeah, def- definitely strong, like just like out the box hard Bond movie for you. Well, I mean, just to to what Darren said before, right? Like they introduce a lot of things that would become permanent staples right. staples in the franchise right like um not just one but like several kind of bond girls like even more sexuality a bunch of villains gadgets and they're on the precipice of that kick-ass like opening song right so right it's like yeah man it does a lot it introduces a lot of stuff and it has that you know I think one of the things you you take for granted because we, because as Americans we don't like really in like unless it's Monty Python we don't appreciate the British humor that's in like the Bond 
series and you know they're not afraid to do certain things on screen that americans probably would never want to like this could never have been an american agent never just never done because americans were just too too you know uptight but but for some reason they accept bond they love they just love like there's there's what's the scene i was uh i mean no um the scene where um oh uh, what's her name um says my 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 mouth is too big i'm just like that's the right size no it's a perfect size that's nasty (laughs) and that's and that's a direct quote from the book too yeah yeah that's not like they yeah, I'm so they just play in the background, like put it in your mouth, <laughs> mouth. <laughs> and they had oh. that close up of her mouth that which made it even just more awkward, you know. You're like, oh, dude, like yo, Bond is so grimy, him and Karim are so grimy yeah. in this movie, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, dude, Karim in the in the, like he's grimy in the movie, but in the book, like there's Oh, there's that one part in the book where he's talking about, I had a, by the way, for some reason, whenever I do Karen Bay, I just sound like Ricardo Montalban. I'm sorry if I do. (laughs) I once had a woman who I would change the table. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. She would service me until my mother found out about her and told me to let her free. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? But that, that whole story, yeah. Yeah, that whole story about how he was, like, grew up and came to be in the Secret Service, which that is a part of, was a what the fuck moment unto itself. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. All of it. Yeah. yeah. And and that that's like that that's another like you know uh, this book it it can't work in twenty twenty. No, there's that open hand slap to the mouth he gave mm-hmm. girl was enough to go like you know. <laughs> like I understand she's a spy. Well, and it's interesting because I did have a. You, a you, 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 you can hit club. You can't hit. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. I was having a discussion with somebody about, you know, we're going to get into the famous um, Hay scene in Goldfinger, which, you know, that's hard to defend. That's very hard to defend. Yeah. Um, in this situation, you could make the argument first of all, um, Karen Bay was killed. So right. he knows there's a spy on board. Right. And he doesn't know anything about this girl. And he's like, like, who are you? Like, what are you, you know, and he in anger slaps her and, you know, it's a horrible thing, but he also acknowledges like that was Ron shouldn't have done that. So, yeah, you know, but in the context of the scene, you go like, you know, it yeah. dramatically yeah. makes sense. True. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing that I think we miss out in this film is that, um, in the book, you know, Fleming goes back again and again to the mistrust that Bond has for Tanya. Right. So we don't really see that until Karimbe dies. Right. And Karimbe makes a mention of it, like, oh, she's got you wrapped around her finger. Yeah. Once, right? Um, but there's more conversation about that whole relationship in the book. So I feel like we kind of miss out to that, and, and it would have made that scene maybe a little more understandable, right, <laughs> even right. more so. Um, and I, I could use more Karimbe in, in, in the movie, too. Yeah, he, yeah. oh my God, he's so good. So, oh, well, let's, let's talk about the actor. Mm. 
So a, me- a Mexican actor playing a Turkish guy. I, uh, I thought. Pedro, uh, Pedro uh, Armendariz, if yeah. I'm saying that correctly. I'm, I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. But so he and the whole crew discover that he's terminally ill during shooting. Oh, really? He insists on finishing the film, even like doing his voiceover stuff like dubs later on and soon after passes away. Damn, dude. Yeah. And but he has like 70 films to his credit. Well, this that. was a good... A good if this was his last film... Actually, he damn. killed himself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he shot himself. He, he didn't want to be... Uh, Go out to the And he snuck a gun into the hospital at UCLA Medical Center and, and shot himself. Like, yeah. goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, but a great last performance, though. Great yeah, last absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely He's, one of the top like Bond allies in one of yeah. these films. Such a such a just like every minute he's on the screen, you just like, yeah, this dude is kind of all right. You know, he had a lot of a little bit of macho, a little bit of suave, a little underhand. He had a little bit of like all these. Get him, cut him bay. And all his sons. Cut him bay. <laughs> is that his wife, by the way? Son. Is, oh, that, yeah, is, is that his wife in that one scene before the explosion? And she's yeah. like laying, laying on the settee and she's like, cut him bay. Are you tired of me, Karimbe? Like she keeps on saying yes, this. Thing. I am. I, <laughs> he like I shoes her away. Like that's that. That's a what the fuck moment. He's just like, yeah. There's a you know, we, mm, the what the fuck moments are going to be good. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, the whole scene when they go to the the gypsy camp with the the cat fight. <laughs> what is going? Uh, remember the days when you can have two women fight over you, literally. <laughs> well, you know, the the other interesting thing about the film is, yeah, okay, you know, I get it. It's, you know, male fantasy, whatever. But you, you feel like you've – I think that's one of the things I like about the film. In the book, you know, you really feel like you've stepped into a different world being in Istanbul, and they really show you the culture and all that kind of stuff. So here it's like you kind of get a sense of that from the scene. It's a ridiculous scene. And, you know, I got it. I don't even know what – Turkey might have been like back in the 50s that, you know, probably was a very different place back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just don't know about the gypsy culture. Like, it's believable to me because I'm so far removed from it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. Right. Well, I was two, watching. Two want the same mind. They fight to death over it. Yeah. What was I? I was watching something recently and they, there's a scene. There's like a whole montage of like, oh, we've got. Oh, Chris. Snatch. We were watching Snatch. Snatch with the gypsies. Yeah. I mean, so, you know. Brad, Brad Pitt, Jason Statham. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anytime there's. There's another movie called Snatch that I was thinking of. So not the pornographic one. And then there's the. um am that buffed, Chris. <laughs> there's the, um, the Sherlock Holmes film with. um Robert Downey Jr. where in the first one where there's gypsies. So anytime there's gypsies on there, I think bad shit. Yeah, you can allow some shit to happen. Right. Not not, not in a negative way. It's just that it's a different culture and they play by a whole different sets of rules. So I think that's to your point, 
JT is the beauty of of Bond films. It allows, it gives us a peek into all these different layers of of society, and we're we're I think like right up front when the when the cameras roll, we're expected to understand that this is something you've never experienced before, and right. you know, and you know at a time like I think one of the, uh, I think what made people really love the. Fleming novels is because he always talked about like exotic locations and he wrote about them in great detail, mm-hmm. and, you know, at a time when, you know, TV was still a relatively new thing and everything like, you know, people would read books and they'd want to kind of be transport, you know, uh, transported into a new world and stuff right. like that. So it's like, Ooh, it's and remember, that's like, and remember when these are being done, right. The, the United States is male going to work, coming home. It's kind of a grind. It's very bland. It's very family oriented. So these movies were escape mechanisms for the male persona. And they did everything they could to put these guys in a different world and make them dream of being, that's me. I'm the guy, you know? So, you know, yeah, I mean, to uh, I, I do want to talk about the Fleming descriptions that um, mm. JT touched on because in this particular book, I mean, I, I didn't write down what page, but um, the whole Spectre. Oh no, it was a Smirsh conference room. It was <laughs> Spectre, but um, just the description of the room itself um, mm. was so detailed. Um, they have a description of Bond or Bond describing something on page thirty. That's ridiculous. I, it's just so so detailed, and then. I picked out a couple ones. What do you have for breakfast? Yeah. Um, one of these, like, uh, when they get talking about the train, like the long chassis German locomotive panted quietly with the laborious breath of a dragon dying of asthma. Oh, that's like stuff like that is just, it's like poetry. Um, Mm. he had another one. Karim's stomach made an indignant noise, like a forgotten telephone receiver with an angry collar on the other end. Yeah. Um, and then the the descriptions of the two gypsy girls, because in the movie, they're kind of like the same size, both like pageant participants um in the in the movie one's smaller more feisty one's bigger and like you know bulkier and stronger and like the whole description of each of them and then how the fight goes down um also awesome in the book so yeah i'm just a huge fan i i think what was the last book we did the last one we did a casino uh yeah casino casino royale that one that one no that one's great i have no problem with that there was another one we read that i was just like oh wasn't his best work but this one this particular book yeah kills it live and let die is not his uh, best i think um um i do i did really enjoy when we did the uh the living daylights the little short living daylights i you know in some ways i almost kind of like that short book uh, better than the movie <laughs> Mm. You know, and the movie's fine too. But yeah, living was it living? Uh, not living, living daylights. Um, dude, yeah, just like when he's wandering around Moscow, mm. St. Petersburg. I can't remember. He's wandering around the city before he's gonna like do his do his work, his job. That was in, that was so descriptive into the city. So mm. yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. 
No, the, the inner monologue is always really interesting. Like, you know, Bond, you really kind of, you know, I mean, like one of the interesting things like uh, people have uh, said in the book, and I kind of agree with this, Bond's a little bit bland as a character, doesn't have a lot of personality in comparison to like Connery, who's got personality galore. Right. Um, you know, and I think Fleming thought of it more like, well, it, it kind of allows the reader to kind of put themselves in Bond's shoes a little bit. Um, but those inner monologues that he has do kind of, you know, give you a insight into his psyche, which is really, really good. Mm. And I think you can also see, like, I love the scene in, in the movie Rush of Love when he gets into the he gets into the um, hotel and he just starts looking around for surveillance. Equipment. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and Connery plays it perfectly. Like he doesn't like freak out about anything, you know, he's but he's like, you know, uh, here it is. Like I like when he find, finally finds the camera and the way he just kind of plays is like, yeah. Know. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, that would that that um, you know that because we're so used. I think we we actually said this about him. Early, I think on Doctor No too. Yeah, where this is his trademark move, right? He comes in, surveys the room, and decides what next to do. Whether he's going to stay there and play with them, whether he's going to move to next another room to kind of draw him out, and you kind of look forward to that moment when he gets to the room just so you can see what he finds but he never ever gets rattled never goes oh this is i i I absolutely love these scenes and like i feel like we talked about this with other bonds and i was like yeah these other bonds they don't they're not doing that shit they just walk in the room and like whatever and that's why i like about sean connery's like attention to detail um and again like the subtlety Right. I always talk about this. Um, you even notice it in the train scene later, right. when um, <laughs> and they and they and they talk about this stuff in the book. But like in the train scene, they order their dinner in the food car. They all order fish, right? And uh, Grant orders red Chianti with his white fish. You see his and, and, and you you just see Bond like really really quickly, just like right. how he raise his eyes and look back down, dude. Like. Who else would like? Not everybody does that, man. Other people would just be like, yeah, worrying about whatever else they were. They wouldn't even think to do that. So I, that's yeah. what was one of the reasons I love Sean Connery, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Red Canty, I should have known that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was so fucking, which is so like absurd. Like, come on, man. Maybe the guy just wants some red candy. Shit. <laughs> I also, I love. I love the way Connery plays in that scene when Robert Shaw finally gets him and has him at gunpoint. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I love the way Connery kind of looks like, all right, I got to deal with this now. Here we now. go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and, and then and then Grant is the classic, like, well, I don't, he, said, he says, I don't mind talking now. Like, I've got you dead to rights. And he tells him the whole plan. Like, this is what people complain about these days. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, and man, Robert Shaw is so good in this. He's film. really good. Like, there's a part of me who's kind of cheering for. Him. I was like, yeah, yeah, this guy, yeah. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, when he when he comes in as Nash, I just love the way he's like, Captain Nash, my mm-hmm. God, old know? man. 
Well, they keep on. They talk about in the book like how he throws old man in there all the time, and like Bond is like, "Stop saying old man." Grass. I like that he. So one thing I did like about his accent is that it wasn't good enough. It was just, you know what I mean? Like he understood in the role that he couldn't speak a perfect accent because. He's not supposed to. He's supposed to be the guy who just quickly switched into another persona. So it had to be bad enough for for someone else to kind of pick up, but good enough to pass enough in the scene. And I thought that was a great, subtle move. Yeah, I mean, they, they, and they do that. They talk about that in the book as well. So, like, again, staying true to the book, uh, this is one of the films that really does it well. Yeah, um, I mean, they have to kind of skim through a lot of his bad. They go through his whole backstory. It's like, yeah. whoa, my God, this is. Yeah, so he's supposed to be this, like, sadistic, super sadistic dude. Like, the, he doesn't really have sex. He gets his, like, pleasure from hurting and killing people which is why he's a perfect assassin right um so we don't get we don't get that at all in here we, right? no, we no. just see this guy he's, he's good at what he does that's the, that's the end of it right that would have so. been nice to see though i like yeah would have been yeah. kind of to see yeah yeah um i'm saying we have other bonds i mean xenia like we definitely get that she's a fucking sadist in golden eye right so <laughs> pretty clear more ways than one yeah <laughs> Um, but he was he was great in the role. Okay. I love that opening scene where it's Bond and he's creeping around the courtyard, and finally this dude catches him from behind and chokes him down, and then they pull the mask off him. I was just like, that's kind of dope. That's and even then, like they did a good. Again, this is Sean Connery, right? Because it's not like an actual dude with a Sean Connery mask on. Right. Sean Connery does a great job of looking like he doesn't. He's He's scared and yeah, not, yeah. not that confident in his job and what right. he does, unlike the real Bond. So, you know, Sean Connery, man. I'm pretty sure the reason that opening exists is because they realized well, we're not going to see Connery for a really long time. So right. let's have like, you know, like they could get away with that in Dr. No, because we haven't seen Bond yet. So we'll build up the suspense. But now everybody knows who he is. Right. So. They're going to be like, who's this guy? Where's Bond? So if they show Connery in the first, oh, there's Connery. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Oh, oh, what's going on? So if they didn't see Connery for a while, they'd be like, did did we walk into a different movie? Or It's it's a great opening scene. Like Bond dies. And then there's a quick reveal. Like, I'm in. Unfortunately, they had that terrible song, but I'm in anyway. (laughs) I I kind of like the. Uh, of course, of course you do. Oh. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been nice. It's not the greatest, but you know. a nice moment for a song. Like a, I, I, I would know. say, okay, terrible was a bad word. I'm more indifferent about the song, but because the song to me is so important, it makes it even worse. So mm. anyway. Yeah. Well, they got it. They got it right after. I mean, actually, yeah. it's the second film, so it's like you know they haven't hit their stride yet. I'd um, love to been in that in the, in whatever meeting that was. Someone said, "Hey, you know what we should do? You know, uh, we should come up with like a really good song for the movie, like and just do that every time." <sighs> He's fired. Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> or they just open the trap door. Um, uh, yeah, I mean. Or, yeah. maybe, or maybe it could have just been like Dr. Evil, like a Lorne Michaels Dr. Evil from behind. And it's like, hey, why don't we get a really, really good uh, song? Silence! Ah! 
Let this be an, uh, let this be a reminder that this studio will not tolerate failure. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, oh my god. So um, let's talk about. Uh, I, well, I did want to go back to Karim Bay real quick because, as good as the, the actor was, the actual actor was. I do. When I was reading the book, I'm picturing John Reese Davies. Mm. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, you know, what's interesting. I was uh, we I was my wife and I were reading this together. And when I was reading, like I would do like little I, I, I can't do Bond without doing Connery, obviously, as you guys know. Right. Um, but when I was doing his voice, yeah, I, I kind of did give him sort of a, you know, a John Reese Davies sort of voice. I, it's funny how my John Reese Davies is kind of uh, Sean Connery. Sean. <laughs> Same person. Although, obviously. actually, I kind of also, I think, like I said, I also did make him uh, Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> they're all the they're all the He would have made a great Bond villain. Ricardo yeah. Montalban would have made a great Bond villain. And if, <laughs> and if Spielberg speaking, had, speaking poetry as he's about yeah. to blow him up. I'm going to kill you in the Corinthian leather. Hello, Mr. Bond. Welcome to Fantasy Island. <laughs> the plane boss, oh, our job. The plane boss. The plane. <laughs> the plane. The plane. Well, then it would have been perfect for them in uh, uh, freaking uh, Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Why is this happening? Why didn't they get Ricardo Montalban for that movie? <laughs> oh, no. Listen, I love Christopher Lee. He's one of the greatest actors of all right. time, but. But. Come on. I have this golden gun. <laughs> it is an amazing weapon. When I fire off, I get pleasure from discharge. I wonder if he was ever considered. Like that would have been I'm making a face right now, by the way. That, that was that was gross, JT. Um but by the way, Man with the Golden Gun is our next film. Yeah. That... So I, I, I while we were talking, I just ordered it on Amazon. <laughs> Oh, cool. Um, the book. <laughs> well, what's interesting, uh, interesting thing to note, um, Fleming died after he wrote the first draft. So he never got to do like a final draft of the book. So the book's a little kind of incomplete. Mm. Um, I, but it should, is, I read, should I read it or should I just watch it? Um, I'm debate. I don't think I've ever read it. I'm debating reading it or not. Um, I might start it off and, you know, I'm like, yeah. This is so why do they have Oct- – you can't even read that. Octopussy and Living Daylights as um, after, after The Man with the Golden Gun. Is this, well, that's those a are collection of, complete Yeah, they're collections stories. of short stories he did. Like I think I have I actually have that one, which is what I read The Living Daylights in. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's like collections of short stories he had published for magazines and stuff. Oh, okay. Like so they just yeah, they published the whole thing after right. he died. Okay. Yeah, they probably were just like, oh, we, we need another Fleming novel. Oh, well, let's just take a couple of uh, – Mm. Uh, you know, short stories he wrote, and we'll put them into a compilation. How did I put this list? Um, oh, the gadgets list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did we notice, I mean, there's one big one, but uh, <laughs> did we notice? Oh, by the way, uh, Sylvia Tench has a return appearance in this film, which is that's great. That's right. Yep. Consistency. <laughs> She's from Dr. No. So that's, and that also goes to my uh, Bond like sex tally in this film <laughs> uh, so Sylvia Tench remember that but um, in that scene he goes to the car and picks up a car phone yeah uh, no that was 
Damn. Yeah. I was now, like, if, only he, if only he had a had a shoe phone, that would have been the ultimate. Get smart. Uh-uh. And then and then threw it at someone's head. Um and of course we have the suitcase, the fucking I don't know, fully loaded suitcase with like ammunition and throwing knives and the bookie has a pill to like uh, kill himself. Right. Yeah. Cyanide. Uh there's a silent is there a silencer? I wrote silencer. Yeah, there's a silencer. Twenty sovereigns of gold, gold, gold pieces, uh, tear gas in the movie. I don't think that was in the book. Really? Um, I, I think yeah. the reason for the gold sovereigns is probably because it's like a currency thing. Like back then, that was a much bigger thing than it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, like now, you you show up with you know pounds or euros and uh, dollars, anybody will freaking take it practically. These days, you come with your phone and some Bitcoin, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, what else? There was also the uh, oh the a bug detector he uses on the phone at the hotel. Yeah, you know, notice that. So we have some. I mean, that suitcase was serious. So I think yeah, that on top, those two things on top of the suitcase made it pretty significant. And yeah, I'm, I'm I, ready I, for Q in the future movies. I I liked that it was in the book as well because one one thing a friend of mine always said is like we well, didn't have gadgets in the books and you're reading the book I'm like. They mention it in great detail. Yeah. <laughs> Your uh, friend didn't read the book, dude. <laughs> what book did you read? <laughs> and uh, they, well, and I love how he was—he was reading Little Women. <clears throat> when M called him into the office, he's like, "Can you call in the weapons engineer?" I'm like, "No, no, wait. The uh, it wasn't weapons, wasn't it? The something master." Oh, the it's, it's the a quartermaster, master. equipment manager, master. master, equipment master, in, in, the, yeah, yeah, in this. Yeah. But yeah, quartermaster. I feel like they use later on in the. Yeah, they. Yeah. That might well. That's what Q stands for. I think. Um, yeah, might have been the quartermaster. They called him Q. Oh, maybe he said quartermaster. Maybe I just misheard it. Uh, I, I think. I think. I think he did say the the equipment expert. I think you're right on that. Equipment expert from Q to. Q division yeah. or something like that. Uh, Q okay. branch. That makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm used to I'm used to being. But it is so fun. I mean, Desmond Llewellyn kind of has a thankless role in this. He doesn't really do much, but you know, he establishes that he's got a presence, and you know, he's got a you know, you hear that voice, you're like, oh, he's got the voice. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and and we don't get that uh, repartee we get in later films, which is. Yeah. I mean, for me, as big a part as anything else in Maybe this series. First week on the job oh, yeah. or something, or, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Morning, 007. <laughs> I, I, like basically, I like how everybody other than Money Penny basically hates Bond. <laughs> they're, yeah. just, they're so tired of him. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Just do it again. Can we use Double Eight this time? But can, can I say, um, <laughs> speaking of like just the Bond persona, this is why Sean Connery is perfect because essentially Bond is like a slut, right? Um, and in the documentary for the film, they're talking about, uh, uh, what's her name? Bianchi is talking about how she, it wasn't her, first of all, that like in that first scene when she, she she's in his bedroom and like goes to the bed. She's not the naked person that goes into his sheets. And then she's like focused on keeping the sheets around her top. Yeah, and apparently throughout Bond, uh, Sean, Bond, Sean Connery is like playing, messing with her, and like trying to pull it down. Yeah, and then of course, and then like apparently, uh, uh, Terrence 
Young who, who just shot a lot of scenes just because he thought it was hilarious. So, mm. I'm sorry. Uh, that doesn't speak well for the times. No, but, but I feel like that's something Bond would do, right? Like, yeah. it's just playful. Well, and it's, it's sexual harassment. Well, and it's really kind of interesting that, like, there, there was a great documentary, um, Bond Girls Are Forever. And as you talk to like the younger, you know, the recent generations, they bring up the, you know, the feminist thing and everything. But like with the, you know, the older generations, they really talk about how, you know, oh, Sean was like, you know, he was just this. Although what's interesting is they all really said they felt very comfortable with Sean. Like they said, you know, Sean, you know, yeah, he'd play around with them a little bit, but they felt very, you know, comfortable with them. Like, you know, like he was a gentleman. He well, he's a Scotsman. He slap them, you know. The Scotsmen um, are, are quite gentlemanlike, so you'll understand because you know not, not according to Sean Connery. Uh, I mean, you know, if, if you try to, uh, if you've tried everything else and uh, there's nothing else you, that can be done and... I think it's fine to slap a woman, you know. He did say that. Um, he, said, he said that? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said it to Barbara Walters in an interview. Oh, come on. Barbara let him get away with that one? <laughs> well, she, and, and oh, yeah, she, she probably did Oprah with <laughs> Well, and it's funny because uh, she does talk to him. And you can see that Sean had, puts on a serious face. She's like, you you said that, you know, it, it's fine to slap a woman. Like, and she's like, I did say that. And I still haven't changed my mind. <laughs> so, I don't know. If, if a woman's coming at me with like a knife, I might slap her. Well, hey. <laughs> that's, that's not what he said. Be really firm with her and explain why she shouldn't be trying to stab you. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, we're, we're all going to hell for this. Yep, pretty much. Lame <laughs> on. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's another. So this one is not even acceptable. The other one wasn't acceptable. This isn't acceptable either. Um, director Terrence, this is IMDb trivia. Director Terrence Young disliked Daniela Bianchi's legs and used a stand-in for the scene where Bond spies on the Russian embassy in Istanbul with a parasol. Oh, oh, are you kidding me? Dude. I mean, I, I that, guess that, that's still, used all the time, but like that's pretty common though. Even today, like they'll always have like parts models come in with you know, like if you see a commercial that like Sarah Jessica Parker or somebody's doing, like when you see like you know a hand with fingernails and stuff like that, that's usually a parts model that they bring in. So <laughs> well, hand is different from legs, right? Like I mean, so. I don't know. Even legs, like immediately, immediately, I think about like a Friends episode where Joey Tribbiani is like the butt huh. stand-in for uh, <laughs> for Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Al Pacino, Al Pacino. Um, but you know, like one, there's one thing. I think it's one thing if like the actor or actress themselves just don't want to do it, and they you know they have a stand-in that's their choice. But like the way it's phrased in this, at least in this trivia piece, is that he didn't like her legs so much that he had had his name. I'm like. Uh, it's funny. Uh, it's the fifties, right? Or 50s, 60s. That scene I was watching. But that that does still go on today. Like yeah, it, it, does. it happens in Hollywood all the time, yeah. all the time. So, yeah, that's true. I'm shaking um, my head at Hollywood right now. I I was uh, I was a PA on a shoot where um, uh, the the shoot was um, uh. 
like a safety, you know, there's like a safety instruction video about, you know, sharing the road and stuff like that. And there was a motorcyclist and the idea is you see this motorcyclist, you know, go a bunch of different places. Then the motorcyclist gets to Asbury Park, then takes off the helmet and it's a very pretty girl. Um, the actual stunt motorcyclist who was female, uh, who was really, really good. I mean, you know, just, uh, you know, it's like that was a lot of driving and she did a lot of it and i you know i thought she was um you know very pretty and stuff like that but sure enough when you know the helmet had to come in it was like a glamour model and she knew nothing about motorcycles we had to literally hold the motorcycle up because she didn't know what to do so unfortunately this happens a lot um you know do we have a hashtag for that change in uh, Hollywood or something? I'm sure that's, I, I, I think the me too tag is already a change in Hollywood to be honest with you. Yeah. But it, that's like, I don't think it covers that <laughs> stuff like that. Um, uh, so what we talked about the song, do we have a favorite quotes guys? There's a bunch of quotes in this one. I mean, we already said my favorite quote. <laughs> You want to reiterate? Because I don't know. Uh, well, it's the, you know, my mouth is too big one. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Darren? Uh, I was going to say that, too. Um, uh, there was one, I forget what was the quote. It was like, so <laughs> you go first. I'm going to go through a few right now. <laughs> um after the explosion at the uh, in Turkey at the you know I guess it's the Secret Service uh, oh. headquarters in Turkey, and uh, Karimbe is like the girl in hysterics. And Bond's like, "Found your technique too violent." <laughs> I'm not saying this is one of my favorite quotes. This is like a combination. What the fuck? <laughs> mm. Um. You got the classic Bond one, like um, I think uh, Tanya at the end. This is at the end when uh, she Tanya shoots Cleb, and she's like horrible woman, and Bond is like, yes, she had her kicks. Yeah, that's the one I was gonna say. That. that oh, sorry, 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 because she's got the boot with the with the blade that pops out. <laughs> that's classic, <laughs> classic Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then there's the other great one uh, when uh, after being called old man for so long uh, and then uh, well, we're going to have to talk about the the fight in a minute here. But um, when he finally uh, strangles uh, Red Grant and then he comes back, like, you won't be needing this old man. Old man. And it's funny, like that one's not even like done for laughs. Like he's just like, oh man. He's just Mm -hmm. like, fuck you. Well, who are you talking to? Nobody there. Grant's dead. (laughs) Who are you talking to? Um, Man. Um, Oh, oh, so we talked about briefly the, uh, well, did we? The assassination scene with uh, Kirilenko. Oh, which, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which, which I really liked. So, and it's in the book. They describe it. It looks exactly like what's described in the book. Um, there's this just big billboard with a woman advertising God knows what, but her mouth is an escape hatch. And Karolenko like climbs out of there, and and uh, Karimbe knows that's going to happen, so he shoots him as he comes out. 
and uh, and then as after he shoots him, Karimbe is like, that pays many debts. And Bond's like, she should have kept her mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just, wow. God, so good. Um, any other quotes, Darren? I stole yours. Uh, yeah, you stole mine. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, you can throw a what the fuck moment in there too. Oh, what the fuck moment. Ah, uh, yes. I got I got one after you, Darren. Um, so I don't know if you guys noticed so the scene where um the scene where Karen Bay gets shot. Did you happen to notice like you hear the gunshot, then you see him do this, and suddenly you see him rubbing blood. He pops the the blood pack and rubs it all over his arm. I'm like, oh, I missed that. We see you, man. We see you. That's not his fault. It's the editing editor's fault. Yeah, I know. It was was just hilarious. But also, by the by the way, also then he's like rubbing his arm and he picks up his gun with the same arm and switches it to the left hand. Like, like, what the fuck is going on? You shot or not? What's going on? Well, there you have it. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) <laughs> this is the point of this segment. <laughs> uh, all right, JT, what, what, what do you have? For well, the, the another great scene um, <laughs> where Bond is transmitting. Uh, well, that's another gadget. The uh, the f- the the um, the f- uh, the camera that's a uh, tape recorder, oh, and yeah. and uh, they're all listening to it in the uh, in in M's office. Oh. And she's like, "Yes, so the the lector has them." This and says, "Oh, James, will you make love to me every single night when we get back to England?" Every single night. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, have you ever done? I can't remember what she says. She's like, "Well, there was just one time that M and I." Oh, well, <laughs> thank you, thank you, money, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear the end of that story. <laughs> <laughs> keep them oh you get out of here. All right, all right, played it. And then, and then, Money Penny's listening in on the intercom. Mm-hmm. That shit was hilarious. Oh, uh, Money Penny, as I know, you're already listening. <laughs> oh, um, dude, more, more props to Bernard Lee, man. He's he's so good. Yes, he's very good in this too. And I, I think I mentioned this when you read the book. It's like. They casted Bernard Lee perfect. It's like yeah. they you're reading the book. It's like that's the guy from the book. It's the yeah. exact guy. Mm. Um, he's definitely like, cast, and they've done in, in Bond. It's like yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Um, so my main what the fuck moment was that my DVD froze while I was watching the the documentary. Mm. Is that why we don't have DVDs anymore? Um, I still have them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have the I, I have the whole collection on DVD. Everybody, so kiss my ass. Um, well, we already talked about Pedro um, <laughs> finding out he has cancer. Now this is like not even related. Uh, we talked about Tatiana jumping into Bond's bed naked. That's a bit of a what the fuck, but that's in the book. We talk about my, yeah, my, 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 my my other stuff is like is production shit. Like um, mm-hmm. one of the things <laughs> was um, like I guess. Turkish people weren't used to having like such big films shot, big sets in, in, in Istanbul. So there's crowds everywhere. And for the train station scene, Terrence Young was just like, we can't film anything because all these people. So he asked the stunt coordinator to, to create a distraction. And he goes on to like 
a balcony, hangs off a balcony across the street and screams for help. And that's how they were able to film that scene. Holy shit. That's a what the fuck moment, man. That's funny. Well, I'm making for you. Here's a little trivia that has since been disproved. Um, So Fleming was still alive when they made this uh, film and he would visit the sets and stuff like that. Um, For a long time after Karen Bay is killed, there's a scene where his son is waiting for the train to stop so that he can get off. Um, And there's uh, like a farmer with like his cow or something that's just hanging by the train and you can't really see him very well for the longest time it was trivia that that was ian fleming in a little cameo Uh. and i could never tell but now that i've seen like you know if you look at it on blu-ray or whatever it's not him it it really can't be him Mm. you hear that you hear that you're wrong, everybody. Wrong. Damn. I mean, it could. Maybe it is. But, you know, you'd think, like, if Fleming was going to have a cameo, like, he'd be, like, the train conductor or somebody. Somebody kind of cool. Family. Uh, um, <laughs> also, uh, they apparently did set off, like, fire pots in the actual Russian embassy. <laughs> they had the police were called in. Wow. For that actual scene. Wow. And then I have like stuff in the book, What the Fucks, which is a quote. I thought we were all agreed that homosexuals were about the worst security risk there is. The fuck is that supposed to mean? That does not bad. age well. But uh, yeah. yeah. It was so, 63, so, you know. I should have put the, oh yeah, page 103, so you can, y'all can skip page 103, all right, if you're going to read this book. Mm. Spoiler alert. I mean, honestly, um, the whole story that Karam tells about having the girl chained to his tables, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's like, I mean, like, don't, so matter-of-factly. It's, it's entertaining to read, but it's really messed up. When you put it in, in real life. Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then how did Fleming th- like what made him think about this? Like Yeah, that's well, what you really I'm want. sure I'm sure Fleming probably in his travels he met some guy who was really, you know, who seemed really cool until he started talking mm-hmm. about this weird crap that he did. He's like this and you're just there kind of going, Yeah. Oh, that's so I gotta go now. <laughs> um so do we want to get to our final questions? I do have one thing that we do need to talk about. We come off, come off, Darren. Cut him off. We, All right, gotta go. See you later. <laughs> Um, we we can't talk about from Russia with love without discussing that fight between Robert Shaw and Sean Connery on the train. I mean, that is one of the best fights in all sim- cinema history. Yeah. Um, you know what? I was thinking that when I was watching it, and I didn't write it down. Why didn't I write it down? You're right. Um, but like, I think Sean Connery in general. Uh, was just great at fight scenes. All right. Um, and, and, and I think it speaks to that because a lot of stunt people were like, this dude is really fucking hitting me. <laughs> In our yeah, scenes, right? up. What's going on? Uh, hey, my, he's a Scotsman. Yeah, that's... Right. Gentlemen, but not with the men. If you I, know mean, what I mean, that's right. It's one of the rare times that you'll see James Bond get his ass whipped. Like, I was just like, what? Wait, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, they really build up that Robert Shaw is his like, you know, it's similar to the fight in, you know, Goldeneye where, where we said, well, you've got two double O's. So this is like evenly matched. But right. Robert Shaw, it's the same. Like these guys are evenly matched. You don't know what's who's going to. And that's out. and that's a great fight scene. Like the, the, I don't, we probably talked about it, but Goldeneye, that yeah. final scene on the antenna array. Yeah. I don't know. And that so was physical. Very, and this is very physical too. Well, and they said they got a lot of influence from the from Russia with Love fight. Oh, okay. Nice. And I just everything about it is good. The lighting, the editing, the sound effects, the glass shattering, the way they kind of go into the next room for a minute. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know what that you know, that watch uh right. you know, is that you the use wire. to strangle him. And then he gets the knife from the the suitcase. Mm-hmm. It's like it all comes full circle and it's well, I can so- definitely I can definitely see the influence for Cold Knight with like the, the close quarters fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean the whole the whole thing is in close quarters with Cold Knight, but they get into that little engine room and it's right. just like that <clears throat> like you know that little very close quarters thing that you see in this little freaking train. And room. the um and the one the one part of the fight that is kind of goes unnoticed which which was the the foresight to eliminate her out of the equation by putting her to sleep. That's important because without her being asleep, this is a different fight because she can help. She can get involved. She can get in the fear. She can give the bad guy leverage because if he gets a hold of her, he can threaten. So there's a whole other thing that could have happened. So for them to take her out of the equation, I think was like a master stroke in knowing that this fight just need to be in like six by ten little space with two dudes just throwing throwing jabs. I do have one problem with that scene. Okay. It's leading up to the fight, huh? which is I feel like Bond so easily gets duped into like the initial like he's like oh we need like like why why did you drug her but you know i only have passage for one but i can show you the map you know and they look at the map and like he just reaches down even the filming like why are you gonna focus on his hand man yeah yeah just make it come out of nowhere so at least it looks like it's super sly but like bond is looking at the map like oh yeah and gets knocked out that does come on man i ain't never having a bomb man. I ain't buying gonna get knocked out like that i call it a i call it the green lantern effect because every time a green lantern fights in in any movie he always gets his ass whipped from something stupid and isn't, I, it, isn't green lantern's weakness wood it's uh, yeah. that was the color yellow the yellow, the color yellow. there's that but i think wood is also another one man. is it well look at that look at that it's the only the only way you can kind of beat, like it has to be the one flaw that they have to give Bond, right? Because otherwise, how like it it was almost like they were caught in a kind of a position where they had to do it. They had no other choice because if Bond is Bond, there's no fucking way that that fight happens without Bond putting a two like one between his eyes. So they kind of had to. I just feel like there was a, a they could have they could have done it. They could have done it a better way. And also you, again, just if you didn't film, they actually zoom in on the guy's hand, like pulling away from the map yeah. and going yeah. and then and then going to knock him out. Like even if you didn't film that, at least I would have been like surprised. Yeah. But you show me what he was doing and I'm like, how does Bond not see that too? So I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I was also gonna say I was just thinking about I love that Bond basically has to use his mind like before, you know, they get into the gadget. Like he just goes, 
how much are they paying you? We'll double it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's, that's kind of badass that he just says that. Well, also like, but also like just acting within the acting, right? He's right. as Bond acting like he's trying to scrape his way out of this and figure out ways when he's actually got a plan behind what he's doing right. so that shows again like it, it, it's it saves the whole getting tricked by look at this map look at this thing on the map the trick. Right. And, right. and and it also like so in that scene at the toward the end where Blofeld is talking to um, his two agents and she says she says the one thing you didn't take into account was James Bond and that's really the the thing that's James Bond thing is that James Bond is able to get out of these things that no one else would be able to get out of because he's smart, he's savvy, but there's a little bit of like James Bond magic that goes on. Resourceful, you cannot account for. And if the minute you think you have him, you don't, you know, and I think that moment kind of really emphasize it yeah this dude's stronger than me he's faster than me he's got the drop on me right now but he just doesn't know he's already lost well it is uh it's definitely you know it's here well i'll talk maybe i'll talk about this for my final questions but yeah it's just that fight has long been really in many ways the standout moment from 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 russia with love and it's you know you watch it every time i watch it i love it so this one is my like my top three fights i think probably are this one the one he has with jaws and the one with odd job because it's such an iconic fight scene yeah well we'll talk about odd job when we get there but yeah that's another physical one and yeah. random task show them what you do Dude, my worst my worst like my biggest regret in life is missing out on saying that quote in front of i think there's only one person around <laughs> when uh george w was in russia with a press press conference and someone threw a sho- two shoes at him and i was like like a day later i was like Oh, it was a two. Honestly, I didn't say it right at the time, but like a day later, I was like, "Oh my god!" I remember I used to watch Keith Oberman at the time, and that that had just happened. And one time, he did throw in that clip of "Who throws his shoe?" Oh, honestly, so I, I'm not original. And honestly, it's probably the best thing W ever did. Like he ducked like right you know, away. Like both, yeah, both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had reflexes of a freaking hawk, man. I'm like but W, you digress. finally did something right for once. Yeah. <laughs> But we digress. Final questions. You ready? We we'll do it. Go for it. It's right. time for um, final. I feel like this isn't even a question at this stage. I just, you know, I have no other questions to ask. But uh, could another one of the Bond actors perform this role better, or is Bond the guy? It's it's. I can all play it, but none of them would be do better than this no no all right moving on honestly it's impossible to read the book and not picture connery when you're reading it it's like it's got to be connery i've never read the book and and just going by what i saw on the screen yeah i I just no no it's not even close like not even close 
that's why maybe we should figure out a new question. Okay. Um, I mean, I've kind of already placed my opinion in here for the where does this song, Bond song, the opening song, lie amongst your favorites? Is it there? Is it top 10? Nah. I, I, nah. I mean, nah. You said now nah, three times. <laughs> I would say to you, like you, like you mentioned that a lot of it was used under like as accent music and stuff. And so as accent music, I would say this was one of the top 10 uses of it. But as a, the actual main song, no, it's definitely not top 10. No, at least not for me. Um, what are we up to now? We're at 20, 25 of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd probably be like middle of the road for me. I mean, I, I kind of like the song personally, but I mean, it's not, you know, well, hey, I'll listen to it over the stupid Jack White and Alicia Keys song or the right, but that's, song that's, or that's not the saying, Lulu well, song. Another Lulu. Lulu. Uh, the man with the golden gun. Uh, but like, dude, like that's like I, I, I still maintain. We'll listen again, but I still maintain in context. I like the Madonna one, but you just named like the three worst ones after that. So, well, I mean, I'd have to, you know, I'd have to listen to them all again. I, I don't know where it fits, but it's it's probably like somewhere in the middle. Um, I can't remember Octopussy, but I'm pretty sure that's pretty terrible. Um, wasn't that uh? Was it's it really not, cool? Not, or who was that? Okay. I thought you would say it was Bassy. Like, uh-uh. right. um, um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's it's just kind of you know, it's a Sinatra knockoff, and it's and like you said, when they're using the theme, and and well, we didn't talk about. It. I mean, John Barry's score. It's like, come on, every, yeah. everything is so good, and he arranged it to sound really, really good. But you know, it's like. You know, if you want to hear, you know, if you want to hear Sinatra do Sinatra, you listen to Sinatra. I mean, this is just kind of a, right. a knockoff of that, you know. Um, dude, like, I mean, again, I, I suppose I'm more indifferent about it, but that I feel like that can't happen with a Bond song. That's supposed to get you like supposed out you- from the from the intro into the movie. Like, that's supposed to be that like. So, what I—I I mean, I love the in the beginning of the song, like, like holy shit, and then all of a sudden, like, like I'm now I'm falling asleep, but I was awake, now I'm asleep. So what the fuck happened? It went from being like this the hype music from the Chicago Bulls. Like, like when the bulls come out, they they come out the hype music. They don't come out to, and I am gonna score. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> so you yeah. know, I I think I think uh, Space Jam should have been a uh, a bomb song. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, no, which, which one? Like, hit him high. You Everybody, get up! It's time to jam now. Oh. We got a real jam going now. Welcome to the Space Jam, Space Jam. The Space Jam, the Space Jam, Space Jam. It might be the next I one. Jam. It might be the theme song for the LeBron one. Who knows? Still, still time. 
Anyway, that's that's my, that's my stance, and I'm sticking with it. Um, so I guess unless do you guys have any other new questions for us, or are we gonna go at, go to the ratings now? Let's just uh... um. Well, since we didn't. Uh... Since we didn't uh, mention, since we obviously, I have an I have an idea to do the uh, other Bond actors. If we know that Connery is the man for this, right? If your who would be your second choice of seeing play this role? I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh man. Probably me, Roger Moore, maybe, maybe. I, like, I feel, I, no, you know what? No, we've already seen Roger Moore in a train fight scene in *Living Let Die*. No, I, I'm gonna say um, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, because I think he could still pull off some of the smarmy jokes and. Uh, he could be a little um, sexually offensive yet suave at the same time. Uh, he's always my second favorite. So by default, I guess I would choose him, but because we've already done living daylights and it's kind of the similar storyline mm, in Russia, kind of like crossover, like Russian girls, like kind of crossing to the other side. Like I'm like Timothy Dalton. Maybe Timothy Dalton has already done this movie. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Uh, when you're when I'm reading the book, like I always think of Connery, but there are times when I'm reading the book where I do see Timothy Dalton in the role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you made this film with Timothy Dalton, I don't think you'd have all the wisecracks. You'd probably yeah. keep it more to like the serious book Bond rather. Well, than and, and then his delivery wouldn't be good if you if you did have him. Yeah. 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 So I, I think Pierce Brosnan does the the, the lines really well. It just it, I think either way, the, it would just be a very different Bond, whoever does it. So right. uh, yeah. All right. So good question. Maybe we add that yeah. to the, uh, the. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Um, because the default question is always Connery is going to be the best in this world. <laughs> Um, so what do we rate the theme song out of 10? And what do we rate this whole movie out of 10? Hmm. JT goes first this time. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the theme song, I don't know, maybe, uh, I mean, I do kind of like it. So, you know, maybe, uh, and, and also, this was the second one. I really stop you making know. excuses. No, no, just screw you. Just you try being the off. you try being the second guy to write, you know, a song for this franchise. Um, I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll take that challenge. Can we go back? It's probably between a six and a seven, somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, on a if I, on a nice day, I'd say seven. Uh, if I wasn't in a good mood, probably six. Um, you know, and whatever, it's fine. It it doesn't insult. It's me. fine. All right, I'll get that later. Um, <laughs> here's the interesting thing about uh, this film. Um, when I first saw the film, when I was a kid, and everybody had said this is the best Bond film, I didn't like it that much. When I was a kid, I thought it was kind of boring. I didn't like a lot of the opening with the you know the villains. I thought it went on too long. You know, I always loved the fight scene on the train. I always loved Robert Shaw and him. Mm-hmm. I always liked the ending. I just thought it took a really, really long time. 
Um, the more I started get, like I would have said this was like in my lower Connery films back then. Um, when I started watching it more, I started to appreciate it and learning about film and learning about Hitchcock and stuff like that. And then when I read the book, I was like, oh, I, this really follows the book. This is kind of cool, you know. Um, and I will tell you, when I watched it again for this podcast and I watched it with my wife, I was really, you know, taking a look at it with new eyes. And I was like, you know, I've always kind of had this in the top 10, but like at the lower end of the top 10, this might now be in my top three. Mm. I mean, it's really good. I mean, it's just amazing how it went from not my favorite to like, I'd say this is one of my favorite bonds. So, Mm. uh, man, if it's, if it's not a 10, it's a solid nine. That's for sure. So I might have to reevaluate my rating system. But it's going to have to be like when we've watched all the films. I might go back over all my ratings and be like, oh, you know, that was the guy tweaking here. Right. Uh, Darren? So, uh, the song, um, I'm probably with JT. I, I, I'd like it as a six and a half. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's not the worst, but it's also not the you know the best and it's you know like where it's used in the in, in the middle of the um film i thought was good really good so obviously it's not a terrible song right so i just wish they hadn't put the um complete song at the end of the movie like that makes no sense but you know as far as the film is concerned chris I, you know i use this word rewatchable and this to me is a day killer this is a song this is a movie where when it comes on and it comes on actually comes on pretty fairly a lot on pluto tv and on a couple of i think hulu plays it on tcm or, uh, or tnt sometimes if it's on and I happen to turn on the channel and then it's in the middle, I will sit down and watch this film again because, and I think the reason why is because you're, you want to get to that fight scene. Like that fight scene is worth watching the entire film. The film is good, but you want to, you want to get to that, to that fight scene because the fight scene is so fucking good. So I will, I would say it's like a nine and a half. Wow. Um, Shit. I, I couldn't even tell you. This was like a knee-jerk reaction. I just wrote down 7.5. It's not to say I don't like this film. I got to go, y'all. Uh, someone's calling me. I got to go. Let's talk through this. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be changing this, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's still pretty high, right? Do you work for Metacritic? Is that... Is it the- <laughs> Nah, Meta, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, look, I feel bad right now. Y'all got to give me some high-ass scores. I mean, if I'm, if, if, if I'm compared to, like, a GoldenEye, Goldfinger, even I like Thunderball, um, Dr. No is one of my favorite of all times. I can live and let die, I enjoy it until the fucking end. Um, yep. You know, there's a bunch of ones out there that I, I, I like a lot more, so. Right. 
Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'll say that for now. I'm, I'm going to leave it up to change. But, um, you know, part of I don't know, the theme song, I'm giving it a solid five because <laughs> if I'm indifferent, I think middle of the road right there is the right score. Right. Well, well it, sounds could, like, it sounds like you're kind of like with the film about where I would have been like before I started rewatching it. Like, you know, cause that, yeah. that's about where I was at one time. Okay. So. Well, but at the same time, like I like this movie a lot more than I did 20 years ago. Right. I had friends in, in college that for my birthday, one year bought me the first set and for my next birthday, he bought me the two other sets. So like, and I started watching, I did a report on it in college on, on the bond films versus the Saint film. So, um, I like it more than I did year, uh, before because I was so enamored with some of these other films, like, you know, golden Goldfinger was really the, the U S launch. Right. The, the right. Really. So, um, and I, I really enjoyed it this time and I enjoyed it after reading the book. So up to interpretation 7.5 for now, my raise later. Well, there's a room. Don't shake, it. don't shake your head at me, motherfucker. No, no, I was just, just thinking of something. He's doing his neck exercise. Stevie wondering it. Right, yeah, no, my, yeah. All right. Well, that's they got to get Stevie to do a, a Bond theme. <laughs> no, they get him. They, they got to make him a Bond villain. Woo! Stevie is a Bond yeah. villain. Oh, I fuck you up. I fuck you up, James. <laughs> oh man I, I i'm still holding out for paul mccartney as a bond villain he sings his own theme song oh bond you think you're going to uh take over my plans okay you know it's groovy totally groovy man <laughs> actually no it, it should be keith richards definitely mm. but he was already like a pirate in uh Pirates of the Caribbean. He was Jack yeah, Sparrow's he's, father. He's, he's the father because he, Johnny modeled that whole, uh, mo, you know, persona after Keith. Yeah. But yeah, one of what, one like, of my favorite one of my favorite characters in cinematic history is Jack Sparrow. He's it's a good one. It's definitely one of Johnny's. I mean, I think my favorite Johnny Depp role is in. Um, oh God, uh, was it? Ever says hands. What's the one? Donnie Bresco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's my favorite one. Yeah, he was good in that. Um, well, well, I'm also, gonna, Ed, also Ed Wood. He's so good in Ed Wood. I don't remember that shit. <clears throat> so I'm going to go first real quick. I ain't got shit going. Oh, no, I'm lying. I'm, I booked. I actually booked Arlene's Grocery for August 23rd. So I'll be oh, doing right. my first live show in over a year and a half then. Nice. And then I got some other stuff in the works, but... That's all y'all need to know about from now. Yay. Uh, uh, I don't have anything. <laughs> Great. JT, what you got? <clears throat> oh, man. It's been, I ain't been waiting for this, dude. Um, well, I do. We've been talking about my uh, podcast musical, Atomic Rod, for a while. I'm finally just putting it out on YouTube on uh, June 2nd. Um, it's weird, man. My YouTube channel has kind of gotten a lot of attention lately. Like one of my videos, I did a video called um, The Top 10 Worst Beatles Songs. Mm, yeah, which, I saw that recently. Which suddenly went viral. And I was like, okay, uh, I got so many comments, um, which fortunately were pretty civil for the most part. Um, and now I'm up to like 7,000 subscribers. Wow. So oh. I'm like, okay, I guess. Like, uh, when, when did you post that, song, uh, that video? Uh, I think it was back in December. 
Um, but it didn't it didn't get a lot of traction. It was like within like last time I checked, it was like less than 10,000 views. And after like a week and a half, maybe it now is almost up to 200,000. Wow. That's wow. So it's weird. Mm. I did a reaction video to the Linda Lindas, that uh, little uh, uh, girl uh, punk group who <laughs> did Race the Sexy Boy, which yeah. is the best new rock song ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that that's that's good for your 200 views. It's good for me because I'm the first uh, contribute, do, donor that's, contributor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not just Chris Saunders. Chris Saunders' music. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. I And, man, I love you, man, so much for being a Patreon supporter. You're the best, man. Ah, no problem. Oh. Hey, um, before we go, it's good content, everybody. You should go check it out. Big news, right? MGM. Oh, oh yes, right. we should probably mention that. Uh, Amazon has bought the MGM, bought MGM, right? <laughs> Studios, yeah. and now owns the rights to the Bond films, the Rocky films, and uh, all of Donald Trump's outtakes from uh, Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Is it Shark Tank? No, um, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Whatever show that is, they, 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 they own Bezos owns the outtakes to that show. So. Oh, god, they've <laughs> never ever liked Amazon. The Amazon, it's got lots of trees and snakes. I never liked them. It's terrible. Um, Mr. Uh, Trump, they're talking about the, the company. Don't interrupt me. I was talking about snakes. Nobody likes snakes. Terrible. Snakes are the worst. They're terrible. Nobody likes them. So, Dan, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you, do we just want to talk about uh, Amazon I, and MGM? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm literally, I'm not uh, doing anything. I just finished, just published uh, my last 12 million podcasts. Um which was, was with two-time Grammy-nominated jazz artist Jasmine. Yeah, Horn. I saw that. I haven't listened to it yet, but yeah, so you can look it out. out. Check it out. Um, Do we also know that uh, the guy that voiced Sebastian from the uh, Little Mermaid passed away today? Oh no, I did not. I so did not we, know that. we need to do oh, Little Mermaid. Oh uh, okay. Yeah, that's what I texted you about. You didn't respond to, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the Little Mermaid. Thought that was more of your. Stuff. I was uh, that. That's like my earliest. It's not like my earliest Disney memory, but that's like the one that I remember watching a lot on on VHS a lot. I mean, as a Jamaican, the guy wasn't Jamaican. The actor wasn't Jamaican. But as a Jamaican, having a Caribbean uh, <laughs> voice in a Disney film was definitely a okay with me. Hey, I have a good quick question for you guys. Do you think that? With now that they had like so Amazon bought MGM and Bond and whole bit, do you think Bond could ever be a series? Do you think they could ever create a series around Bond? I know they've been talking about it. Would that, is that something you would, you, you'd watch? Uh, but it would it, wouldn't it have to be? Would it uh, would it be like the MCU? Would it be tied into the movies? Would it have to be the it same actors be, or actors that portraying Bond in the films? Yeah, it's a little more difficult, right? It would have to be more granular because obviously his his movies usually focus in on one mission. You can't do that for <gasps> the TV know. show. Does what I was talking about but, in the beginning of every movie. <laughs> it's like a well, usually most of the movies, it's he's finishing a mission, right? 
the TV show could be the mission. Like, yeah, so I'm saying, I want more detail on those missions. That would be yes. dope, right? Let's do that. Let's do that. I think they were talking. I think there's been talk about should they do like a Bond series and make it a, a period, like have it in the '60s or, or mm. even the, the '50s when. Um, that would, which would be, and somebody even said, what if they made a series and they basically did the books, but they did them like verbatim, like the way it is, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that would work or not, but each, each season is each a book. season is one, one book, maybe. I don't know if that would work. I mean, it's work. like, uh, on today's episode of James Bond, <laughs> he describes how bad his breakfast is and how much he hates Americans. I mean, and I'm, says a bunch of things in the book that will probably get us canceled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. Well, I mean, clearly, yeah, not verbatim. <laughs> That's definitely not going to happen. The whole bunch of stuff. No, sorry, James. You can't do that here or we're on TV, dude. I mean, I would, I would like to see them try. Maybe do like, I don't know, like a an eight-part series first just to see what it looks like. I don't know how, how how it would go. I mean, it might fail. And who would you cast? I mean, there's a whole bunch of things. So, But the soundtrack might be dope. Well, they're gonna, obviously, they're going to cast Jack Black. Come on. <laughs> and does every episode have a Bond song? That's what I'm saying. Done by Jack Black. No. <laughs> Well, so I'm, team's uh, bond, and I'm gonna catch the bad guys. Yeah. Mm, uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, fellas, this was this was uh, this was a good one. This was a good one. Yeah. What's the next one? Uh, man with the golden gun. Yeah, that was not gun. good. I'm just warning you. I think I just watched that. Not my dad. And my half brother both have third nipples. Just saying. Just saying. Thanks for the info. That's a that's that's part of that's part of the movie. The third yeah. guy has a third yeah. nipple in the movie. Yeah, I mean, know. Darren clearly doesn't know this stuff. Don't worry about it. I just watched the damn movie like three weeks ago. Why would you watch it when we have, we're not doing a podcast on it yet? Come on, because Darren. Because I don't control what Pluto does, okay? <laughs> Pluto plays stuff. So, you know. I'll, I'll have a lot to say about that one. Um, uh, all I'll say as a preview is it's a movie, every time I see it, I want to like it. Right. But the movie just... We'll Listen, see. it spawned an awesome weapon in gold, the golden eye video game. So that's we'll give true. It that. Not to mention, by the way, we have sniper rifles and throwing knives in from Russia with love. Forgot to mention that. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. But really, honestly, we can all agree that it would have been a, that, um, Frickin' uh, Man with the Golden Gun would be a much better movie if they had gotten Ricardo uh, Montalban. Ricardo Montalban. And he had said, Welcome, Bond, to Golden Gun Island. 
Yes, Bond. Okay. I've chased you around the moons of Nippon. Yeah, we don't need we don't need any uh right. as long as it's canceled. Um so yeah. <laughs> next one, please tune in next time for Man with a Golden Gun where, where there's not no more of this stuff happening. That I loved um, passionately. And that was another episode of the Download Podcast Show. 007 edition. We'll see you next time for Man with the Golden Gun. I am Darren Jenkins. I'm Chris Saunders. I'll take the rapist for $400. Oh, goodness. Oh, good. That's the therapist. Um, I can right. read Trebek. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. And this was The Download. Bye, y'all. <laughs>